Greetings, my name is Antoinette Roots Data. And what I love is my most favorite quote from the Urantia book. Devote your life to proving that love is the greatest thing in the world. Welcome to the Woke Wisdom Podcast. This is Alexandra Loves, and I'm here with my cosmic guardians, Cyrus and Bisu, coming to you from the moon garden where wisdom is nourished, awakening is embraced, and fun is encouraged. This is the second part of two episodes with my friend, sacred activist, longtime musician, healer, and woman of courage, Antoinette Roots Dauta. In part one of this episode, I shared her colorful and dynamic bio, and I have posted that in our Woke Wisdom Podcast Instagram and Facebook pages. Please go check that out. And if you haven't listened to the first part of this recording, the episode that came out yesterday, please do. We talk about Antoinette's experience with the Divine Mother, which I found exhilarating, and her personal journey with healing herself from cancer. And I'm so grateful that she had the courage to share with us. This episode is a little different. Here, we're going to talk more about subjects of music and creativity and sacred activism. And as always, we appreciate your sharing, your ratings, and your reviewing for this podcast. I can feel the support in my heart. <laughs> Let's get started with my lovely friend, Antoinette Roots Delta. Antoinette, <laughs> I have these questions for you that are the most important questions that we could be asking today. And the first one is, if you could be an animal, or even just non-human for a while, what would you be and why? I would be a bird. <laughs> I've Ooh. always thought about that because my mother is Buddhist, <laughs> my father was Baptist, and the way our parents kind of raised us was that they wanted us to know about God, but they didn't want to tell us what we should believe. So we should ah. be exposed to all the different religions in the world, you know, and have a familiar familiarity with it. And then you make your own decisions after that. So I sat there thought, you know, being in the Buddhist temple, they believe in reincarnation. I was like, man, I never liked that idea. But it's like, if I do have to reincarnate, what animal would I be? I would be a bird because I would just fly away, you know, danger coming, you know, just <laughs> and then you can see everything, you know, it's like survival because it's like what animal of all the predatory animals, they're always being eaten by something else. You know, it's like, what is the safest animal you could possibly be and less likely not be eaten? <laughs> do you would you say that you prefer in life to have a bird's eye view like to see the whole picture oh, definitely and and that's the other thing because spiritually you can see everything you know for me as, as a capricorn mm -hmm. i see the bigger picture of everything it's like you know like i tell people not that i'm a fortune teller not hmm. like i can see the future but i can literally visualize mm -hmm. things you know, yeah. like we did Pato's video, brothers, sisters videos, like I foresaw the whole video and it came out exactly. And when uh -huh. I do International Women's Month, I foresee that whole weekend happening exactly the way that it's going to go down. You yeah. know, I foresaw that this was going to happen a different way, but it's just that I know it's going to happen. It's, and I know it's going to go down because I, you, you put all the other pieces together. So yeah. it's the same thing with writing music. I could see where this part of the song fits in with everything else. Right. Only other people will listen. They only hear that one part. But I'm mm -hmm. like, no, you're going to hear 50 different layers. So when you get into the song, you'll see what I'm talking about. I saw the whole thing. But when you sit there in silence, just one note, you sit yeah. there. That's what I was thinking at the moment. Wow. So that influences your music, too. Like yeah. you're, you're thinking of the I, I was just listening to your most recent album and I the layer first of all it's an amazing like dance album like I was tapping I was I was like tapping my foot as I was working <laughs> the whole time and and I just I really it's like almost meditative too because there there's it's not like a ton of lyrics or anything it's it's just like just like parts of story that are in all these layers of this really fun easily accessible dance music and I'm just like working and like tapping my foot I listen to the whole thing and then every once in a while I'd like get up and like go get water or, like just get up and just start I could feel my body just dancing I was just in it it, it definitely had sort of that that I, I just I wasn't expecting a meditative quality to something that at first sounds like dance music and I think that speaks to the 
the layers <laughs> that are in thank that you. in that music. Yeah, I appreciate it. Was, it. Yeah, yeah thank it was you. really fun. It was a it was a really fun album. I mean, it is a, a really fun album. And I don't have the name of the album in front of me because I didn't expect to be talking about it right now. But can you just say the name of your most recent album for us? The name of the album is called Here Comes the Roots Data. And the reason why it, yeah, here comes the roots data. And the reason why I did it this way, I actually released three albums, but mm-hmm. I had a, a purpose and an attention to the way that I was doing it. So yes. this first album, I was like, now my husband was the one who actually encouraged me to come out as an individual artist. I've uh-huh. been backing musicians for since the early 90s. I mean, since the late 80s, early 90s, I've been a musician. Yeah. And all this time, I've always been a musician behind another artist. And so with my ex, you know, he was the one who said, you know, your career, my career is much further than your career. So you should, you know, you should be home taking care of the baby and things like that, because my career is kind of, you know, up there. Uh-huh. You know, my uh-huh. ex was a very, very, very talented musician. Uh-huh. I mean, he could sing his ass off. I mean, he could yes. sing, he could play, he's like a <laughs> genius. But I was like, wait a second. You wouldn't have a career if it hadn't been for me, <laughs> you know, because he, that used old thing. In, he used to be working in the mailroom. You know, I'm not afraid to share. He used to be working in the mailroom. And I was like, your voice is way too talented, because if I could sing like that, the whole world would know I would mm-hmm. be like Beyonce. It's like everybody know I could sing, mm-hmm. oh, you know, whatever. <laughs> Why would you hide that talent? You should pursue your music instead of working down here for the man in the basement, in the mailroom, working for minimum wage. You know, you have yeah. such great talent. And then we said that, I was like, you know something, I'm out. I, I feel like I have some talent. I, I think my music, it may not be on the level of his, you know, because he's a very talented, skilled level musician. But I felt that independently, I was creative enough to be on any level of any musician, just because I didn't have the training or the skills or the perfect ear pitch or whatever. Mm-hmm. I felt that my thing was still good enough. And I was yeah. like, I need to be with somebody who is going to uplift and support me in what I do. And then mm-hmm. I said, I, because the, when I did that before, when I gave up my music for my first boyfriend, yes. he stopped me, you know, and then I was like, I didn't have my band anymore. I was in a great rock band. I was, you know, doing, he got jealous because all these guys was looking at me and not that I was doing anything, but he got jealous and he yeah. made me quit the band. I was like, why am I doing things for these guys? Yes. Why? You know, this doesn't make any sense at all. So I was like, I'm out. And so mm. all this time I was like, I need to come back into myself. So my husband was the one who sat there and said, you have a great talent and you should release your own music. You need to come out as an artist. I'm like, I don't know. Cause I'm like, you know, I mean, I know I've got talent, but I don't see myself as that kind of artist. You know, I don't sing yes. the way my ex does. I don't sing the way my girlfriends do. That's on the next album, but I am a wicked producer and I can sing within my lane, you know, stay in your lane. I'm not trying to be Whitney. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to be, you know, Tracy or, or somebody, you know, somebody wears range. <laughs> I love that you just referenced Tracy Chapman. You know, I'm like, I, I, we don't have I enough references to Tracy Chapman oh, in our culture. Well, that you know, we all sing sorry, you know. You know, I was like, we all, you know, but I'm not gonna sing Whitney, you know. <laughs> I'm just trying these, to these musician guideposts are actually very helpful in telling this story. I love it. So, so with this, I said, let me show them what I can do. Let mm-hmm. me show them I can be the Missy Elliott of producers. You know, it's okay. a man's world. <laughs> it's a man's world. They yeah. want to beat, you know, like that song, Excellence. I, I got inspired by that artist called Black Violin. You know, mm-hmm. and they have a song called Stereotypes. And I was like, ooh, let me write a dance track to that. And I'm going to layer it. I'm going to drop in some drums. I'm going to do all the things. And I sat there and practiced all night. You know, and I'm sitting there like all night, just my maddening. I'm creative and I'm high and I'm just having fun. And I'm just, I just see the bigger picture and I'm layering this stuff. And I drop and I produce all the stuff. The second album is basically like the first one, but it's featuring all the female vocalists, all my inspirations, uh-huh. yeah. you know? So I've got this woman singing in Italian. Mm-hmm. I've got this, the one song that you love, Endless Love. I got this woman, Chinese oh. woman singing. And we did this in one take. It's a total natural minute. It's so long. Yeah. Pato had to cut the song up into four pieces. He it was cut like, it? Yeah, it was actually like a wow. 15 minute meditation. It was like a 30 minute meditation verse. And we sat there doing it live the whole time. I was like, oh my gosh, I got to do this more often. You know, yes. it's one take. We just did it within one recording and one take. 
Some stuff I do more, some things I write within the night, some mm -hmm. things I wrote years ago, but finally just got a chance to record. So this is like, beautiful. I tell people, I take them on a journey. You're going to start here in the cosmos. You know, here comes the root yes. doctor by the end, when you're at peace be upon you, you're in a meditation. That's, that's felt like that's, that was my experience. And th this, we didn't even talk about your before, mm. before that. And I was, I was surprised to be, and remember I was working on my computer and like, you know, do, doing graphic art and stuff here. And I, I was moved to tears. Like I found myself in the middle of in, the endless love, which is I think the second to last track just moved to tears. And I'm like, what is going, what is happening? There's something about the, the, not just the, the journey of the whole album, but just the tonality of that song. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I it was unexpected. Important. Yeah. And yeah. that's why I felt like it was important because Pato said, put up the other one with the singers, but I'm like, you know, I'm feeling, I need people to understand the music first. And mm. anytime you have a song with words, they always listen to the words. They don't pay attention to anything else. That's mm -hmm. why it's like, I, I was first going to call the album medicate to meditate or strictly stoners because you know it takes you to you know if i'm in a thing if you're a stoned medicated person you hear every little thing <laughs> now if you're listening you know your to something with words, if you're listening to something with words your focus is only going to be on the lyrics right okay only on the lyrics you're not going to feel the strings you're not going to feel the drum beat you're not mm -hmm. going to feel like the soft piano or the guitar or where I'm wailing, you know, trust me when you get the other album. So you'll have the intensity of the music because you mm -hmm. can feel it through the music, but then you'll have the intensity of the vocalist actually singing. Is there something significant that you can share that you discovered about yourself this past year? Well, the significant thing that happened to me was my breast cancer diagnosis. You know, so that was a life-changing thing. I think that was probably the biggest thing that ever happened to me in my life. And mm -hmm. with that happening to me in my life, it, it just changed everything. Lifestyle change, person change. I feel like my name, Antoinette Roots Data, I was probably never really the Roots Data. I think mm -hmm. I started becoming the Roots Data 12 years ago or many years ago before then. But I think I'm on my journey of getting back to my roots and getting mm -hmm. back to my roots is going to officially make me Antoinette Roots data, you know, so are you, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that you are discovering who you really are? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I knew. That's amazing. I know. I thought I knew. I thought I was so sure. And it was so weird. The other day I said, I was going to make this announcement. I looked on my memories. The very first post I made on Facebook 13 years ago, the very first post, you know what it said hmm. is on a mission. You know, remember back then where it says Antoinette is, you remember yeah. back on Facebook and I just yeah. put Antoinette and I just put on a mission. Huh. And back then I was on a mission because I was like, I found pots or whatever. I was like, oh, you know, spread the good news. We're all God's children, brothers and sisters, yeah. you know, yada, yada. Yeah, that's, you know, this is my mission, you know, is to do yeah. good in the world. It's very vague, you know, and it's mm -hmm. a good mission. But now when I, when I saw it on Facebook 13 years later and I was making my announcement, I'm like, my mission has now been defined. Wow. Who you are and what you're here to do. Yeah. So now it's crazy. So, you know, the, having the clarity, I, I, so there was a time in my life uh, and as I've said before, I'm 39 my whole life, it's been very, very clear what I'm here to do. Mm -hmm. Like I've been very clear on that, but something shifted in me in the last four to five years where I still have like, you know, like these are the things I do. This is what I like doing. This is what I'm good at. These are my duties. These are my, what I'm initiated to be doing and all of that. But I think something happened because of the, you know, my own self-work and, and just, you know, things I've been, I've been going through where I realized that now in my life, I am surrounded by people who are very crystal clear, sure of what they're here to do and they're doing it. And for the first time, I am not totally there. 
Like I, I am doing this podcast, right. And, and I have my, you know, I work with my, with my clientele and, and I know the things I want to create in my life. Right. But there's, there's this sort of like, what is the seed of what I am here for and my mission and what I'm doing. And for the first time in my life, I realized that I don't totally know. And then there was a working where I was like, oh, it's okay to not totally know that at certain parts in your life. And so I'm sort of enjoying this like really juicy place right now where I'm surrounded by people like yourself that really know what you're doing and like, you know, and, and just being okay for myself with just not totally being clear on that. And it's, 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 I feel like it's an initiation (laughs) for me. And it's coming at a time when the, when it would be easy to say like the initiation is you just know that's the mission, you know? So it's, it's interesting that you're, you're saying that right now, you're, you're yet another person around me that just totally knows without a shadow of a doubt. That's really cool. I remember when I I was speaking earlier before, or I had mentioned before about the synchronicities, watching for the synchronicities and the signs. So when I had mentioned before that I seen synchronicities and signs about getting grounded and thus awakening, two things, three things happening all at the same time, the synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, as of yesterday, my husband and I just signed an agreement of a parcel swap. This is the fantastic changes that's been happening within this year, besides hmm. the diagnosis. <laughs> the parcel swap is now... Years ago, my husband and I had this dream of creating this place called Edentia. Based on our spirituality, it's called heaven on earth, creating heaven on earth, mm-hmm. Edentia. And what Edentia is basically like the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a planet called Edentia. And when Adam and Eve came, you know, to sit there and uplift biologically this planet and everything, you know, different from the Bible story. You know, that was one of the issues that I've always had with the, the Bible you know, about how women came from a man's rib. I've always had an issue with that because I'm like, what do you mean I came from a man's rib? You know, oh, and, yeah, and me the too. Whole thing about, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing about religion. I was like, no, no from my womb, no. you know. Anyway. We'll save that for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, anyway. But the whole thing, my spirituality and why my husband and I are both, you know, your book students was why I found the spirituality. I said, my parents always believe, learn about God and spirituality, but make your own choices. Word. And I when I made that. my own choices, I said, I'm going to come up with my own religion called Antoinette's religion. In <laughs> Antoinette's religion, Antoinette's religion, there are, we are not the only people in the universe, you know, <laughs> Like there's aliens all over the place and everything, you know, in the universe. In Antoinette's religion, God loves everybody, not only, you know, Christians or only Jews or only Muslims or only, you know, there are no, you know, everybody's a chosen person, you know, Mm -hmm. in my religion. In my religion, evolution, you know, I believe in science. I believe in single-celled organism. The earth was not created in, you know, seven days, but, you know, billions of years ago through single-celled evolution, you know, going through Darwin's theory, all that, whatever. And we yeah. branched out DNA science and so like that. So this was all part of Antoinette's religion. And then I, and the, the final part was that I didn't come from a man's rib. So when I found the Urantia book and started reading, I'm like, well, what is Pato talking about? You know, this is what he studies and stuff. And I'm like, well, let me go and find out what they got to say about Adam and Eve. I mm. went straight over there and I was like, oh, okay. It's a little out there, you know, it's far-fetched out there, but it made so much sense. Mm-hmm. It was like, it's got, it's like, make it make sense. This makes so much sense. <laughs> and then when I started studying, you know, all about, you know, the evolution of science, of uh, history of this planet, the universe, the cosmos, the super universes, the hierarchy of angels, the mother spirit, the missing years of Christ, Buddhism, you know, all these different things. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of information. And it became like a lifelong study. You know, it's not mm. something you could just read. And then all of a sudden you're like wise and you're all knowledgeable of all this stuff. It's mm-hmm. so, it's such a heavy book. You can't wrap your head around it. That's why we do four study groups every single week. Yeah. Now in our study, when we were talking about Edentia, Edentia was a place, the first garden, but we had a problem with Lucifer and there was all this drama, 
you know, Satan, Lucifer, and the whole place got all messed up and everything. But the, the original plan was that Garden of Eden and how humanity is supposed to rise up into light and life. At yeah. some point, we're going to get into light and life, but there's a lot of work that we have to do. But mm -hmm. in, in order for us to do it, we have to find it on our own because we have the gift of free will. Mm -hmm. Not that we're a bunch of robots, ants, and we just, do, 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 you know, do your thing. Yeah. So through personal whatever, we're all going to find our way back to our spirituality. We're all going to find our way back home, no matter which way that you go. Yeah. So in when they were trying to do what to uplift humanity was the Garden of Eden. And then in the Garden of Eden was growing food, learning about agriculture, horticulture, education, you know, different things of farming and spirituality. And then when people would gain this information, they would go out into the neighboring tribes of all the barbarians and the cave dwellers and everybody, you know, doing whatever they was doing, you know, and teaching the barbarians, <laughs> the Neanderthals or whatever. And so like that, you know, this is how we're going to move into light and life into civilization and stuff. So it started okay. back with the garden, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of years ago. This is just a long, you know, a long time ago. I don't have the exact number. Yeah. But the point is, what so the spiritual awakening that I'm having right now, and a lot of people are having, and getting back to the grounded mm -hmm. is synchronicity. Our mm -hmm. dream just came a reality when we purchased 10 acres of land here in the city of Lake Elsinore. Yeah. This is California. We're not talking about a lot, you know, with a house on it or an acre. We're talking 10 acres of of land here in Southern California within the city. Quite limits. extraordinary. <laughs> extraordinary. I mean, Lowe's is five minutes away. Golden Corral, Walmart is five minutes away. The yeah. housing school, everything is right there. But we've got 10 acres in a valley. When, wow. we got this, when we got this land and we started this project from years ago, but we kind of put it on hold. And then we started back up during the pandemic. And then we started our crowdfunding, you know, with Patreons. Every, every one of us, you know, the, the few of us who are in it right now, has started contributing monthly, you know, five, mm -hmm. 10, 20 bucks, or even more as people are making donations. Mm -hmm. And then one of the people in our study group made a very large, significant donation, mm -hmm. you know, and I was like, wow, this dream might actually become a reality within our own lifetime, because we were wow. setting this up for future edentia for Adam and Eve, or for the celestials or for whomever to come down and take this planet back in charge. This yeah. is something that we're building for the future, for future generations. It's not just for my children. It's for all of humanity, this garden yeah. of Eden, Edentia. So yeah. on, on this place, you know, it's a community place. The, someone had donated some money, plus all the money that we came together and we found this property. And it was like, the price was unbelievable. It just dropped after we getting the property later and we closed and it's right at the time I'm getting my diagnosis. You know, I'm like, wow. this is crazy. They're telling me I have cancer. And now we just close on this land. Then this guy. All the things at once. <laughs> all the things at once. Then this guy calls us up. He wants to meet with us. He's a developer. He says he'd want to find out the owners of the land. He Googled and found out that his wife was a big fan of Pato. So she knows who Pato, but he found out it was a Patrick Murray and found out, you know, whatever. So he's the new owner of the land. It's that the, 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 our edentia is on there. And he says, I'm building 500 homes right next to you guys here. Mm -hmm. And we have an access road. Uh, the road going into there comes across your land, you know, mm -hmm. and the previous owners, they gave us the right to do that. We have the property, you know, easement, you know, we, we have the right to be able to do build that road, but yeah. we need you to sit there and sign a thing that giving you know, the right of way or whatever, use, yeah. use the land. He goes, but when I looked at that, I saw if we put this road, half of your acres of the 10 acres is going to go down to five. Wow. So, you know, how are we going to do this? And it's so weird when you're dealing with developers, you know, because everything you see on TV, it could go either kind of way. Oh you know? yeah. I'm actually shocked to this conversation. Cause I remember when, when <sighs> like I've been around people building houses before and like, that's not the the typical approach, the typical approach is just like, this is what's going to happen. And we're dealing with multi-million dollar venture capitalists. And we're just going to take your five acres <laughs> like, out of Oregon. Yeah. It's like, if they want to be some bully, they could just take us out and just take the land. They can yeah. do whatever they want to do. They could tie us up in court. They could do all sorts of things, 
but he, he didn't just ask us whatever. He says, I got a proposal for you. We have this land, this extra acres of land, you know, over here that is next to your property adjacent, you know, that we'd be willing to swap in exchange that you'll still keep your land, but we just need this five acres to put this road. And yeah. on top of that, we'll build you an access road down into your property. And once you put that gate up, nobody else can get into your property. And the way the property reaches out is wild preserves land for mm -hmm. hundreds of acres before any other civilization. Yeah. You know, and so we can protect all of that too, because we can actually be gatekeepers. Wow. So big, yeah. So I'm like, wow, now our property has increased from 10 acres, even though we're losing five, but we're going to gain another this has been for the last few weeks, gaining another nine here and another 14 here, another 10 there or whatever. Yeah. But either way, we've just, we're definitely over 20 acres and we're probably almost up to 30 acres now. Wow. It's beautiful. You know? Yeah. And we're getting a road, which would cost a lot. The gifts that these guys have been giving us, you know, because he just sent a Pato message, the engineer planner, he's already gifted us by doing the, the padding, you know, for us to build the, the main centers of the stuff. And yeah. then the, also the, the other guy, the developer, because during these changes, you know, developers, it costs them hundreds of thousand dollars per day for every little thing when it comes to, yeah, you know, lines, draws, maps. It's like there's these huge pieces of papers of land and, every, yeah. you know, things that I have no idea about. But it's just the way that it feels and it feels so good. I'm like, this guy, I like him. You know, this engineer who's helping us, he just built a well in Uganda. And yeah. this is something I learned too. This year, going into moving into things, a part of my mission is to work with people who are like minded and spiritually motivated. If they are not, then I need to step away from them or back away from that because of the negative energy associated with, you know, the more like minded people that kind of have your best interests and things like that, you're going to find better things because you're going to get more from it. Versus if he was looking at it like, you know, I just need to get my money and get my thing and whatever. But he saw yeah. our vision. He says these people could use more acres because they want to grow. And he yeah. believed in what we were doing. And I'm so glad that we had that website up in order for people to actually see our vision. Mm -hmm. So my vision became even more clear as I'm learning in my detox and awakening. It brought me back to the food and the grounding. So I went and got 10 fruit trees. You know, I, I'm learning more about planting. So I'm transplanting today. I got oranges, I got dragon fruit, I got raspberries, I've got apples, I've got oh, these tri-colored things that that put in a fig tree, put in a fig tree. <laughs> if you insist, you know, if you insist, you know, I, I will, you know, but while I'm waiting on the land and, and like here's another message that came to me. Wow, all right, it's gonna be like a year before we can do anything because we gotta wait for them to do this road and we wanna get down. Mm. What can I do now? And my, my friend was like, you know, go pee on the land, revitalize the soil. Or whatever but I'm like I need fruit now but it's going to be a while and we have to do whatever that's how I found out about planting fruit trees in pots so I was like let's plant these so we're transplanting we're putting these things into these pots so I'm going to have 10 fruit trees in pots in my backyard when we move to the land and it's ready then I can transplant them and I already and you know because these are fast fruiting trees these trees start fruiting within three years so if I'm waiting for development for this road or whatever to do, I'm going to have some fruit by the time we actually move in. That's awesome. Yeah. So That's going really food, cool. I've got my, I'm growing my greens. I realize I have to drive far, to, you know, because when you live in low income neighborhoods, this is what they don't give you. They don't give you whole foods. They don't give you sprouts and those places. And it's expensive. We don't yeah. even have a Trader Joe's. So I got to drive into all the other cities to go and get these things. Oh. I grow my own greens because part of my protocol is green juicing every morning. Right. Green juicing, Pato makes my green juices the best. He makes them better than anybody else's. If you could spend an afternoon with someone, who would it be and why? They, they're not here anymore. Someone who's transitioned. I would, I would really, 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 really love to meet Malcolm X. Really? Yeah. That's beautiful. Why? He, the fact that he he changed from one extreme to another and to another. The fact that he can morph into so many different personalities, mm -hmm. you know, it's like anybody who knows his story knows about his father being killed, you know, by the clan. His father was also Marcus Garveyite. If his father had still been around, 
he probably would have become a Garveyite, you know, mm -hmm. Marcus Garvey teachings of philosophy. But instead, without his father, he ended up becoming a pimp and drugs, you know, and everything else, you know, that society, you know, does to certain communities and things like that. Then he went to prison and then he became the leader of the nation of Islam. And then when he went from the nation, leader of Islam, he gets out, you know, kicked out from them and blacklisted and then starts something else. The UAI, you know, the United or the African Association for U UNAIA, you know, but all of those things is like, I like, because he did personal transformation, mm -hmm. you know, and people always sit there and say great people, they weren't always great. They became great because they did extraordinary things. Yeah. And I think human beings are like that. It's not everybody's just perfect. You know, not everybody is Martin Luther and not everybody is Gandhi or everybody is Martin or Mother Teresa. Most of us are more like Malcolm X. Mm -hmm. You know, I think mo most of us are. It's just that when one little influence can actually influence you in a better or a different way, everything else could change. Because if you also yeah. look at, yeah. I mean, I find that quite profound because and this is kind of one of the reasons that this podcast is here you're saying like that that the power that malcolm x had in in his transformation and what he was able to do is in all of us it sounds like that's what you're saying mm -hmm. it's internal mm -hmm. it's internal and that was always the other thing i think that part of awakening and everything is that people don't realize and know their worth you know yeah. and that was a scene from joy luck club she's like know your worth you're yeah. extra special because you always give your last piece. You're, you're the best, you know, and people, I think they need to tell themselves that I think the self affirmations, you know, cause I'm following Dr. B V cancer woman. She does this thing and I love watching her. You just have to just talk to yourself that yeah. you are worthy, you know, and that you are somebody and that you are something and you shouldn't second guess yourself and you shouldn't doubt yourself and maybe take that spirit of intuition and let, you know, let that voice sit there and speak for you. Oh my gosh. So true. Yeah, uh -huh. You know, I used to teach this class called juicy love life. And it, it was, I was gathering women who were wanting to be in relationships and have better relationships and, you know, stop with the, the patterns of kind of dating the same person over and over again. And ultimately that class, you know, though it sounds like on the outside, it wasn't about like, get me a boyfriend or husband. It was like this really deep work on the self and like being clear, but if you're going to manifest something like it needs to come from your spirit and who you really are. And you go through some shadow stuff in doing that. And there was a time I've taught the class in many different versions. And one of the versions I taught, it was during a time in my life where I had already had all the people in the class. I'd been marketing or whatever for a couple of months had all these people in the class. And I it was time to, you know, two weeks until we started. And I can't remember what the thing was that happened in my life, but I was like, I was kind of going down you know, and the two weeks before the class, I was getting really depressed. And, you know, I, I sometimes have depression in my life and I just, I got to a point where I was like, maybe I can't do this. And I started getting into imposter syndrome and like, I, I can't do this. And like, it's not good enough. And, you know, I, maybe I should just refund all the money and just stop what I'm doing. And then it was like my business and my work, all that, you know, and it, I had a friend tell me, she was like, you have to be a cheerleader for yourself. Mm-hmm. She's like, you have to talk yourself up. You're not going to quit this. This is, you know, this is what, you know, in your heart, this is what you're supposed to be doing. These people believe in you. You know that you you have skills of what you're doing. You're always learning. You, you're in integrity basically is what she's saying. So, so like, it wasn't a time, like there's some times in your life where it's not the time to push through, but this was a time where it was where I, it was important for me to learn to talk myself up and to remember to you know, in a way it's almost like you're, you're parenting yourself, you know, that if, if we're, you know, in some of our situations, it's, it's a beautiful self-esteeming, self-esteem building thing. When our parents or caregivers can be like, you're amazing and you're powerful and you can create awesome things. Right. Mm -hmm. Some of us had that, some of us didn't, but in those moments and for those two weeks, that's what I did. I was a cheerleader and a parent for myself mm -hmm. and just talked myself up. And it was, that was one of the most powerful juicy love life courses and the work that came after that, the results that came out of that for people. And then the work that came out of me after that, just from like two weeks of focusing specifically on that. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I, I believe in you. I've always oh. believed in you. you know? <laughs> and, and, and that's the thing. And I, and I, and it was just interesting because I'm like, 
how many other people just need to just hear that? Because I'm like, your talent, your talent is so fantastic. And the work that you was doing before was fantastic as well. But I didn't see that as you, this is, this is your element. This is who you're supposed to be. I I really think so. And I think that there's a lot of other women. And as me and my husband were discussing, she shed, I said, this is part of the awakening. We're now discovering who we are and who we really want to be. And because of my diagnosis, I just really, I literally told my husband, I said, I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to be Mm -hmm. selfish and I'm going to be self-care. And anytime Mm -hmm. I'm going to ask for something, you know, and and I ask something to it, I always sit there and say, life is too short. Yeah. Life is too short. And so we're sitting there looking at RV. Yeah. What are we going to do with the house? (laughs) Yeah. I want to get out of the house and get into an RV. I'm like, life is too short. (laughs) Yeah. Too short. I'm like, I right now, the way I'm thinking I don't even want to wait weeks, months, years to make decisions. You know, I'm, I want to think about them clearly, but I'm just like, so life is too short, which means if someone is asking me something and I don't want to do it, it means no, because life mm-hmm. is too short, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe I can help you when I'm ready to. Yeah. Around to, I don't mind, but not right now. Like it's, it's amazing when you realize that, like how much easier the boundary, it might not always be easy to like actually say the boundary in some moments, but it's amazing how like your boundaries all of a sudden become very clear when you realize like, Hey, like, like you're saying, life is too short. What am I doing with this life? For a lot of us, like sometimes we get stuck in the rut of what we're doing, even if from the outside, it looks kind of cool or like desirable in some sort of way, or that's nourishing us. If it's not really desirable to us and not nourishing to us, and we're stuck in like a pattern, we're not liking it. Then when we really feel into that energy of like, okay, you know, I've been here this many years and who knows how many years that, you know, that I might have left or what could happen in my life. And you like start sensing that like mortality. And it's like, wow, like the urgency. what reason do I have not to, <laughs> if I don't have a lot of good reason, like really good reasons not to, then like, what am I doing? <laughs> what about the urgency of the situation? Because like mm-hmm. I said, it is a spiritual awakening. We're in the middle of a pandemic. And yeah. it was like weird how like all of a sudden when everybody was freaking out about the 5G. And like I said, what 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 can we do? So we mm-hmm. know 5G is coming. We know that it's here. We're not going to get away from it. We're mm-hmm. not going to get away from development. We're not going to get away from Monsanto. We're not, you know, not yet. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have to deal with these things. So yeah. in the meantime, now that we know and we're awake, And we're starting to deal with things. So let's deal with the here and the now and the urgency of the situation. Word. So so now is the time. If you and and one of the synchronicities that they were talking about was breaking up the time. So I learned you the sleep, rest, pray, meditate, work, you know, breaking them up. Mm -hmm. If you're working eight hours a day, they're like, why are we working eight hours a day? They don't work eight hours in Europe. You know, if you work eight (laughs) hours a day, what did you work eight hours a day for? Mm -hmm. For somebody else. You know, so I've decided to try to change, like if I'm going to work, like, so I'm getting back into my SUJ work. I have a lot of things with my nonprofit and, mm-hmm. and our edentures. So I do a, a quarter time of my rest and relaxation and my therapy, mm-hmm. you know, meditation, praying time. I do a, a quarter time of office work of whatever, you know, things that we got to do work, work, work. Yeah. Yeah. And then a quarter time being grounded, you know, taking the daily walks, like I'm going to go outside and do some gardening and stuff like that, some exercise. And then another time where I'm going to use a few times where I'm learning education, educating myself on health, you know, Mm -hmm. on the the aspects of food, you know, food is medicine and how we can sit there and do better and not focus on whether I'm going to live or if I'm going to die, but just life is too short, whatever information that I can get now, to make my life better or to help anybody else that can help them improve their life too. Mm-hmm. It's only going to be a good thing, you know, like a mental attitude change helped me. Yes. You know, I, it's like, I didn't even realize for the first time I got myself one of those Apple watches. Like I said, I'm an Apple freak. I'm an uptown girl. I like my gadgets, you know, but I needed my gadget to sit there, you know, with the health app, tell me I had to set it up and put mindful minutes, you know, mm-hmm. to stop and take a break mindful and breathe hey that's like, the way you gotta do it sometimes you know yeah, i put alarms weird. in my phone sometimes i definitely have alarms in my phone that's like uh, for a while it was about clenching my jaw because <laughs> mm-hmm. i clenched to a point of headaches and i i would put re- alarms in my phone that that 
you know, if I have this technology with me, then here's a way this technology can help me self-care. And I'd have like six or seven alarms on my phone that were like unclenched jaw, unclenched jaw. And then I go through breathing exercises and a massage and everything. I think what you're speaking to is something that's really interesting right now. We're in, we're in this time where we're coming back to indigenous ways and knowledge and, and understanding who we are in different spiritual ways. And we're, uh, many of us are wanting to unplug from, from the dominant system and everything, but we also, you know, some people are more extreme about that and some are less, but I think there's something to be said about the skill of understanding like your placement as a human being in the culture that you're in and knowing what your intention is to get further away from this or to, to integrate in whatever way, way I want, but also knowing that there's some advantage that you can draw out of the system that's that's around us. How can I draw? How can I use the Apple Watch or how can I use the whatever the technology is? Knowing that in the future, I don't want to have a phone with me all the time, right? But right now, this is how I get in touch with my employer. And this is how I, I put my alarms in my phone to make sure that I, I keep doing this thing. Or this is how I, I feel safe at night when I'm walking by myself and I'm I'm alone. Like I have, you know, this is how I'm using this technology to enhance my life to continue so I can continue to make myself stronger and get to this place that I'm intending. Whereas like, I don't have as much interaction with this in the future. I think that's a skill that we you know, I know so many musicians who are making awesome medicine music, including you. And it's like, it's like, okay, you know, how? let's use all this technology and stuff to get it out into the, to make the music and get out into the world. And this is medicine music, but also let people know like, hey, we can't be addicted to this technology. You know, we have to be able to have those skills in this world right now. Mm-hmm. And And that's a good point, because like I said, before that, my husband and I, when we're studying about prayer and meditation, like he's an on-demand kind of person, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, I always know he always likes to pray and meditate before shows. He mm-hmm. likes his alone time. He takes his quiet time. Me, I stand there. I'm like, do, 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 do. My mind is all over the place. I cannot calm it down. I can't think of anything. I don't get any benefits or whatever from meditating. But once I started meditating naturally through my detox process, I found out I really loved it and enjoyed it. I just needed to be prompted. And so when I did the watch thing, you know, it would prompt me and I would be there like my hormones are raging, you know, because my hormones started going through the roof when I started going through these changes. Mm -hmm. And since I changed my diet, the weird thing of losing your, your monthly period for months, for half a year to not only it coming back, but to come back twice within the same month. Yeah. That's how much the change is. I'm like, whoa, somebody was sitting there saying it's because you're getting healthy again. That's why your period is coming back. I'm like, whoa, this is this is very weird and strange. But mm-hmm. now that I'm starting to understand about hormones. And- <laughs> Wait, answer that. Are you telling me that you made yourself, you refertilized yourself? <laughs> what, right? Girl. <laughs> I'm sitting here. I'm waiting for February to see what happens. Cause I'm like, I said, this ain't right. I'm telling my another sister friend, Queen McKay Dread. I'm like, this ain't right. She goes, this is great news. I'm like, I said, no, because it came on the first and it came again on the 17th. It's not even a whole month. And then it's like, what the hell? I felt, I felt like the, the Red Sea. I was so upset. I was so losing everything. And because I don't understand anything about hormones or whatever else and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, after watching these videos and learning from these people, you know, you got to take the time to breathe. You got to breathe in through your nose. You got to breathe out and you got to all this stuff. And then you can change your heart rate. It can mm-hmm. change your mood. It can change your anxiety. Mm-hmm. It can change your stress. So I was like, oh, this is a good feature. And then after that, I didn't even notice it anymore because I was actually making the time myself. I didn't need the prompts that the practice started to become a habit. Yeah. So, and I think that was nice, but I needed the practice. I needed the technology to force me into a natural habit of doing that. But yeah, I don't know me being fertile again. Hey, it's 2022. Anything is possible. Congratulations. If if you and Pato are expecting anytime soon, let me know. I'd love to send a present. <laughs> I choke out my water. <laughs> oh my okay. 
laughter is good. good. Laughter is good. Laughter yes. will cure anything. <laughs> laughter is good. When did you know that you were an artist, a musician? Like, how did you come into that? Like, start sort of like owning that for yourself. Like, I this is what I do. Mm-hmm. I think I was twelve when I when I got the organ, and my husband's working on my documentary. But it's very interesting that as a kid back in the seventies, we used to get $200 each for, for toys, you know, $200 in the seventies is like $2,000, you know, $200 now is like, you know, 20 bucks, but $200 in the seventies is like $2,000. You could fill up a whole cart, maybe two carts, you know, you just run through Toys R Us and just throw in all kinds of stuff. And they Mm -hmm. said, would you like the, the, the toys or would you like an organ instead? And my brother and sister, and everybody all voted for the organ. I'm like, the hell? You know, I don't want an organ. I want toys. So they all played on the organ for about a week, you know, and then they were done with it. It's just sitting there collecting dust. And I'm sitting there just mad as hell because, you know, nobody's using the organ and I don't have any toys to play with. Uh-huh. So I've got to, have to go play the organ. So I started playing with the organ and that became my toy. And it was an organ with a lots of buttons and pedals and things like that. And I just started making up a lot of stuff. And when I was making up the stuff, my father, who did play trumpet in a jazz band, that's how he met my mother. But he was he was doing something else in the Air Force. You know, he didn't yeah. play a jazz band. He was telling all his friends that I was this musician and he would play for everybody <laughs> that came over for you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So he told everybody I was a musician and he was very supportive because he told everybody, you know, just like when I was a kid, he, he told them I could play football and he tried to sign me up on the football team. And they were he sat there arguing with them and they kept trying to say that girls aren't allowed to play football with the boys. And he was not taking no for an answer. And I was embarrassed because I did not know that girls didn't play football because <laughs> oh. I play football better than everybody else. You know, I was like and he was anyway, he was very supportive. Yeah. So he supported me in the music back then. He supported me in sports. So I did all the sports. I did everything. He was that kind of dad. And my brother didn't do any of those things. So I was the tomboy and musician, mm-hmm. you know? So I knew then, I didn't even know then, but I knew that I had talent, but I always mm-hmm. wanted to do music. So when I started working in my uncle's Chinese restaurant, when I was in high school and he, he saw me play one time, I walked in a store, I would just go anywhere, you know, hotels, stores, wherever lobbies and where there's piano, I would just sit down and I would just start playing music. So he saw me playing and he bought an organ and put it in my uncle's Chinese restaurant. And he said, play for the customers when you're not waiting the tables and then go make egg rolls, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And I was like, yeah, I'm writing a lot of music. You know, I'm reading some music, but I'm writing a lot and stuff. And from when I did that, I actually joined a band right out of, when I got out of high school, I wanted to study music and foreign language. So, and I was so mad at my mother because I always knew that I wanted to be a musician since I was 12 and I wanted to study foreign language. I had my, my whole life set out in front of me and my brother and sister didn't, but she didn't believe in me and she didn't think I could do it. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a challenge right there. Yeah. And she bribed me. She said, Antoinette, if you die military and you know, I buy you car and, um, I buy you, you know, apartment and furniture, you know, like she was bribing me like with monetary things by the military. And I'm like, mom, I'm like, what is wrong with you? You know, they killed your husband. I like the military killed your husband. They killed my father. Why in the world would you send me over there? You know, so that was our relationship. I'm like, I'm done talking to you. So there were times when you had to sort of like fight for it. Like this. I look like her, but we're always like this. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Let me get rid of this cat who's in my face. Okay. I I have a couple more questions for you. These are the last two. If the Antoinette from 15 years ago walks into your dwelling and wanted to talk to you, what wisdom would you share with her? I would share that. Talk to her like I'm talking to you. Mm. or or say she should or whatever I'll, I'll talk to you like I'm talking to myself you know 15 years ago yeah you're on the right path you know your intentions and everything else is good but your enjoyment of life tends to get you sidetracked and because of that if you know what I know now you might want to change a few things 
So that way you don't have to deal with a serious, you know, health issue later down the road. Yeah. Or other issues, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the things that, that I know now that I would sit there and say that you can do now is like, don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. Learn how to say no. <laughs> Reclaim your time. Mm-hmm. You know, make time for all of the different things. Always study. Keep learning. Knowledge is key. That's something my father taught me anyway. You know, keep learning. Knowledge is key. Knowledge is key. Like education, you should never stop learning. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's like learn, you know, even in the afterlife, like I say, say, for instance, I don't make it. And yeah. like I said, why I'm not tripping about not making it, because when I go to the mansion worlds, they call them mansion worlds. They call them universities. The universe is made of universities. It's mm-hmm. continued learning mm-hmm. because we're never going to be learned everything when we die. You're going to be just as idiotic and backwards when you die and you wake up, you're going to be that same idiotic backwards human being. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I would say go as far as no. say it's impossible to, to yeah. know everything because if we're in a constant perpetual state of creation, yeah. you know, we can, we can say there's nothing new under the sun. However, the the fractions of what we've learned and the, mm-hmm. you know, the, the different iterations and how they were made and, and the elements involved. And, you know, it just goes on and on. There's, there's no end to that. Like being a forever student is one of the most sacred things I think you can be in this world. <laughs> right. So the Arantia book is a, is a, a forever study, you know, so uh-huh. we've already claimed that it's like to study the Arantia book is going to be a lifelong study. Yeah. To study spirituality from what we learned in the Arantia book is going to be an everlasting life, everlasting uh-huh. life of everlasting learning you know mm-hmm. ever you know it's like when we get to the mansion world we're going to learn several languages it's not like you just okay. got to learn another language you got to learn the universe language you right. think everybody's going to speak english you think everybody's going to speak earth <laughs> yeah you know hey earthly i'll be so happy hey you from earth i'm from earth what's up we from earth party over here yeah right. we felt jesus to the cross what did you guys do to your you know either way right. you know, it's like we're gonna have to learn some other languages we're gonna have to learn different things we're gonna have to learn how to communicate with god we're gonna have to learn but whatever we can learn here now is just gonna mm-hmm. make our journey easier in the mansion worlds mm-hmm. you know yeah and and just after- for just for clarity, because I don't know either, can you just give us a really quick uh, idea of what you mean by mansion world? So mansion worlds are like, like, you know, you have all these planets. Mansion world is just like another planet. Like we have seven planets in this, the planets in the solar system. So like, say for instance, we die and we wake up in another dimension, you wake up on mansion world number one, you know, mm-hmm. the one that's closest to you. If you're okay. like a very base human being, you know, mm-hmm. like you're working on your lower chakras. You know, it's like, you're just a murderer, <laughs> you know, you're abusive, you're killing people or, you know, you're just low level, whatever, or something. You will probably, you know, wake up on mansion world number one, you know, oh, it's like, okay. you're going to have to go back to some basic, you know, right or wrong levels here, you know, mm-hmm. and then two might be, you know, I'm a good person. I never hurt anybody or whatever, but I don't believe in anything or something else like that. Or, mm-hmm. you know, but people believe or, or three or one or two, oh, I believe in God, you know, hail Mary, mother, whatever, but I just chopped some people and threw them in the river, but I'm saved because, you know, <laughs> I believed, you know, so those people yeah. who believe they just woke up, they just assume they're saved, but it's like, but you still have some work to do because you should right. be okay. killing people or you should have done whatever. So based on your level of spirituality, kind of like any other ascension is where you're going to wake up. But right. Okay. Up. So say, for instance, it's like, I'm like in my awakening, it's like, whoa, so I'm seeing things, I'm hearing what the universe is trying to tell me, maybe I'm not going to, when I die, maybe I won't wake up on number one, maybe I'll wake up on number three. I see what you're saying. Awakening, I'm going to wake up on seven. If I'm getting super spiritual, I wake up on number seven, I got to skip grades one through six, you know, But Uh but I have to go back to grade one. And I have to help those lower people reach to where I was you know, because it's not like you're better. Everybody all has to, we all have to grow, walk ourselves home together. You know, just because you, somebody else got more woke than you doesn't mean they're less valuable or less woke. Mm-hmm. They're, they're all going to get woke. Everybody's just going to get woke. It's just, they're going to get, I woke. mean, that's the name of the game, right? Isn't that why we're here? <laughs> Everybody's going to get woke at some point. It could happen in 10 days, 10 years, a hundred years, a thousand years, a million years. At yeah. some point, 
you're going to get woke or you're going <laughs> to choose not to get woke. But it's okay because that's why I said, don't sweat the small stuff. Don't stress trying to find the times of, mm. of, you know, and that's the cancer woman said the same thing. Don't stress the finding the times for all these things. There's mm. always a time and a place for everything. Everything will happen at the right time. When yeah. you allow things to flow within your harmony of spiritual connection of God with mother nature, especially the mother nature thing, this is a mother thing. Now mm. we're going back into the, the rising of the women and the feminine of protecting our planet you know, the whole environmental industry is turned upside down. People. Oh are- my gosh. For another episode. <laughs> right. So if that's an awakening that, you know, learning to coexist with this planet is an awakening. Mm-hmm. Like we cannot fight it anymore. You know, yeah. we're going to have to live in society. We're going to have to live in the matrix and also live in the matrix of human connections with each other and stuff like that too. A word. Thank you, know? you for that. That's yeah. That's beautiful. <laughs> okay, last question. And this is, this is it. This is the end. What is your blessing for this world? Hmm. I think everybody is already blessed. You know, it's not even a blessing that I can give anybody. Everybody, you know, from, from what we study in the Arantia book, everybody is already blessed by God. You know, you can call it God. You can call it the universe. If you want to call it Gaia or the tree, or, you know, whatever you believe in, as long as you believe in something that's bigger than yourself, mm-hmm. you know, I think that we all know that there's something bigger than ourselves. When I found my own religion, I thought I was such a genius. I created my own religion. I was like, I didn't, somebody else came up with it before I did, <laughs> but I recognize it, you know? So, but when you recognize these things with other people, then that is the blessing, mm-hmm. you know? And the service and the blessing is, the more that you serve is the more service you're going to get. Mm-hmm. The more people that you help is the more help you're going to get. I've been showered in blessing after blessing after blessing. I don't have anything to complain about or worry about. You know, if people sit there and say, well, you should be worrying about cancer and about dying. But why would I be worried about that if, if I'm feeling good? You know, I'm supposed to like, oh, I'm dying. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm out. Am I dead yet? Is this, oh, okay. Let me know when I'm getting to that point. But in the meantime, I'm loving life and I'm enjoying it. And so I'm having a great time. And I, I think I wouldn't serve the rest of humanity if I was locked away in a, in a hotel, in a, in a hospital room, just thinking about my own life. Yeah. Thinking about somebody else's life. I think that's the blessing that everybody can have is be a blessing to somebody else. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for spending your time with me today my head is buzzing right now. There's so many other things that I want to talk about. And we'll, we'll just have to do this again. Thank you so much, Alexandra. And and this is going to be such an awesome series. I look forward to listening to every topic that you do and all the other guests that you bring on. And I hope that other people will get inspired, not just other women. This message is really a lot for a lot of women, but also for men that are feeling a little bit under Whelmed or whatever, not believing in themselves. You know, I just want them to know, believe in yourself and accomplish the things. You're going to be surprised how much the universe is going to work in your favor. Ah, that was fire. Thank you, Antoinette. We can feel it. <laughs> Thanks for gracing us with your passion. Friends, please check out Antoinette's work. I have posted links to everything she's involved in. Well, some of the things that she's involved in in our Woke Wisdom Podcast Instagram and Facebook pages. And hey, follow us there too so that you know what's coming up in the coming weeks. Also, thank you for those ratings and those reviews and sharing the podcast and and commenting when we make posts. That helps get these messages out there. And we all know that these conversations that we're having can open doors for people. I know they certainly do for me, and I am so grateful. Big love to you all. Big hugs. And until next time, be blessed. But before we go... Antoinette has agreed to share another song with us, and that song is I Can't Breathe from the album Stand Up for Justice, and that features Empress Akua and Nichelle Monroe. Enjoy.
White people benefit from their system of white supremacy. They can stop this system anytime they want to, but they choose not to. Prove me wrong. You can change as many state flags and remove as many racist statues as you like, but nothing changes when the racism remains. We're only accepting changes. We don't care how sorry you are. Abolish the system of white supremacy now. We're not waiting. Neither should you. Sorry you are. original and healthy beats for this podcast were created by Quincy Davis. 
His details are in the show notes. Woke Wisdom podcast episodes are written, hosted, produced, and edited by me, Alexandra Loves. My guests, of course, bring their own wisdom. If you have any questions you want me to answer on the podcast, you can email me at wokewisdompodcast at gmail.com or even better, text the podcast at 601-301-6974. I would be so grateful if you helped me share these messages far and wide by boosting the podcast with good reviews on Apple Podcasts or by sharing the episodes with friends and groups and families on social media. That would be so awesome. It just takes a few moments and a few clicks. Click, 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 click. Be blessed, and I'll see you next week. Oh, one more thing. They told me I needed a disclaimer, so cue the music. Let's do this. The information in all podcast episodes and corresponding materials, the Woke Wisdom Podcast with Alexandra Loves, are provided for general, informational, and explorative purposes only. It is not professional advice. Any content provided by Alexandra Loves, guests, bloggers, sponsors, or authors are of their own opinion and not intended to defame, slander, or malign any person, place, or thing. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or attached material. Alexandra Loves and her guests are not therapists, counselors, physicians, unless otherwise stated. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast or corresponding materials to treat any mental, physical, or medical condition in either yourself or others. Please seek out appropriate professionals for help. Privacy matters to the Woke Wisdom Podcast. People, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast may be changed to protect confidentiality. Through this podcast and corresponding materials, you're able to link to other websites, which are not under the control of this podcast or Alexandra Loves. The inclusion of any links does not necessarily imply a recommendation or endorse the views expressed within them. In no event is the Woke Wisdom Podcast or Alexandra Loves liable for any loss or damage, including without limitation, indirect or consequential loss or damage, or any loss and damage whatsoever arising from your interaction with this podcast or corresponding materials. This podcast and all corresponding materials should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. This podcast and all corresponding material is owned and copyrighted by Alexandra Loves. You are welcome to download and play the podcast and share with others for personal use. Please acknowledge the Woke Wisdom Podcast with Alexandra Loves as the source of the material. You may not, except without our express written permission, distribute or commercially exploit the content. Email wokewisdompodcast at alexandraloves.com to attain written permission.